Thank you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. Friends, welcome to today's worship service, a shared service between Harriston United Church and Grace United Church. I am the Reverend McCall Cottrell, minister at Grace United, and co-leading worship with me is the Reverend Jessica Cottrell, minister at Harriston United Church. As you welcome us into your home, we welcome you into ours. A couple of announcements. During this time of lockdown, please note that there are no in-person worship services or gatherings at either church. We are thankful for the technology and the sharing of many gifts that allow us to worship together in this way. Information on how to connect to Jessica and myself during the stay-at-home orders can be found on our church office answering machines. The main office answering machine at Grace United is being checked remotely by our administrator. Please note for those who are part of Grace United that our annual congregational meeting will be taking place on February 21st at 11.30. The meeting will take place on Zoom with a call-in option available. More information, including how to attend, will be available soon in our Friday forecast emails, or you can get the information by calling the church office. And as we gather for worship, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked on this land. Their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and their spirituality. As we worship today, we recognize that we are all treaty people. We are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half and are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the pain and broken relationship that has come with colonization and an ongoing history of oppression and racism. We pray that God may lead us all in working towards building right relationship. Friends, come, let us worship. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Friends, let us call one another to worship. Jesus calls us to praise and prayer, to song and silence. Jesus calls us to worship. Jesus calls us to hearing and healing, to service and solidarity. Jesus calls us to love. Jesus calls us to advocacy and action, to protest and provision. Jesus calls us to justice. Let us heed the call of Christ. Let us worship together 
with joy. Let us join together in prayer. Gracious God, we long to be gathered into one worldwide community, a community where all are welcomed and valued. Help us to hear this call from you to go beyond what we know. Help us to hear this call to be more than we can imagine. Help us to hear this call to extend our hands and hearts across the borders and limits we have created. You, O oh God, call us continually to follow you, to be your hands and feet in loving and caring for this creation. May we hear the stories of Jesus and his call to others and know that they are just as relevant to our lives today. May we hear this call, leave our nets behind and follow in your way. We pray in the name of the way, the truth and the life, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Our gifts to mission and service support racial justice training. George Floyd died on May the 25th, 2020, after a police officer based in Minneapolis pressed his knee into Floyd's neck for over eight minutes. The footage of the brutal murder went viral, igniting racial tension and deeply held grief. In response, Michael Blair, Executive Minister for Church and Mission in the General Counsel Office, wrote from...
The scripture reading today is from the Gospel according to Mark, first chapter, beginning at verse 14 to 20. Jesus calls for fishermen. After John had been put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee and preached the good news. The right time has come, he said, and the kingdom of God is near. Turn away from your sins and believe the good news. As Jesus walked along the shore of the Lake of Galilee, he saw two fishermen, Simon and his brother Andrew, catching fish with a net. Jesus said to them, Come with me, and I will teach you to catch men. At once they left their nets and went with him. He went a little further on and saw two other brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They were in their boat getting their nets ready. As soon as Jesus saw them, he called to them. They left their father, Zebedee, in the boat, along with the hired men, and they went with Jesus. Good morning. I have a good stewardship announcement for everyone this morning. So if you've ever given money after the death of a loved one uh, to Grace United Church, uh, there was a special gift fund had been set up for more than 20 years. Over the years, the gifts given to the church as a state or gifts to the fund were invested in GICs. The Stewardship Committee has taken over the control of the special gift fund. Stewardship would like to say a big thank you to the finance team for doing such a great job of investing money every year out of this fund. It's been good stewardship. The money had been put in GICs and the investments had grown. And they have now become due and can be cashed. So uh, George has put uh, made a savings account uh, at the Royal Bank and the money will be put into there and it is to be used for major capital projects. Uh, again, at the direction of the stewardship team. So I thank you from the stewardship team, from the finance committee. Um, it's wonderful to have some money that we can go ahead and do some capital improvements. God bless you people of grace. Thank you. Come, and I will make you fishers of people. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and all of our reflecting be blessed by God. It was at the age of 16 that I felt called to ministry. It came in quiet moments of comfort. It came in a yearning to return to my faith and to go deeper into it. There were little moments where I thought, maybe I'm called to be a minister, or at least that thought crept into my head. Like the time I was sitting with my mom and sister at McDonald's and I saw a person in a clergy collar sitting with his family eating at another table. Or when I was getting a haircut and I thought that that black cape with the little white tissue around the neck kind of looked like a clergy collar. And a thought came, hmm, maybe I'm supposed to be a minister. Mostly it came in a feeling of being drawn towards becoming a minister. Each time I took a step in that direction, it felt right. It felt like home. It felt like a step in the right direction.
As some of you know, I grew up in the church. When I was five years old, my father was ordained a minister in another denomination. My childhood involved hearing my minister, my father, typing away his sermons and at the end of the week, reading them to my mother. I attended church every week and stumbled my way through the prayers and the hymns. I went to Sunday school. I sat playing in people's living rooms while my father had a visit with them. I played and explored the church when my father was in a meeting or doing something else in the building. And at eight years old, I became an altar server, assisting with the worship services by lighting the candles and preparing and serving the communion wine. I experienced God's closeness in the holy rituals of the church, in the smells of candles and the taste of wafer and wine, the sound of prayers and songs shared in unison. That all changed when I was 13 years old. Some of you have also heard this story. My father came out and because he is gay, he was no longer able to serve in ministry in our former denomination. At 13 years old, I experienced how the church could be a place of judgment, pain, and rejection. I stopped attending church and I wasn't sure if I would ever go back. Then four years later, at 16 years old, there came a dual calling, a calling to become a minister and a call to find a new church home. I started attending church and discovered a welcoming home in my new denomination, the United Church of Canada. I was confirmed and became a member of First United Church in Cambridge, the church my mother attended as a child. I started exploring what was involved in becoming a minister and, and soon I was on that exciting and difficult path of completing my university degrees, discerning with my congregation my call to ministry, the many interviews within the wider church, an internship, and finally ordination and settlement. Through the questions and the wonderings, the self-doubt and the insecurities, I found myself being drawn towards ministry. Each time I took a step towards my calling, there was a sense of being on the right path, a feeling of coming home. What they know is the sea and the fish. As children, they grew up playing in the boats, gutting and sorting fish, mending nets, and learning the skills of their trade. There was the feeling of belonging and meaning as skills were passed down the generations. There was beauty as they read weather patterns and felt the rocking of the boat on the waves and were reminded how nature could provide for them and their family. There was a sense of belonging and community as they fished alongside family and talked about fishing with their neighbors. Now, it wasn't long before they also learned that fishing was also a very difficult trade. As they took on more responsibility, as they grew older, they felt the stress of making sure they caught enough fish each and every day. There was the injustice 
of the quota of fish that was demanded by the occupying Roman Empire. There was the need to raise enough money to pay for supplies, the docking fees, the fishing license, the loans and taxes and interest on debts. If they were lucky, there was just enough to get by another day. They know the struggle, the suffering and the injustice, as well as they know the beauty and belonging that comes with being fishers. Yet each day they go out because they don't just work as fishers, they are fishers, and their lives are tied to the sea and to the fish. That is, until the day they see a man standing on the shore calling out, the dominion of God is at hand, it's here and it's coming. Turn your life towards this good news. Now they should tell him to get lost, or maybe ignore him. They should keep working. They have no time for this wild talk. But then they hear something else. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. In that moment, they decide to step towards this man, this man calling them, and it will change their lives and the lives of so many others. Today and last week, we have shared various call stories. We have heard call stories from the Gospel of John and now the Gospel of Mark. Last week we heard Jessica's call story and today I've shared mine. The Bible is full of call stories, tales of people encountering God and finding their life's purpose and direction. These call stories are rich and they are varied. They remind us that there isn't a single way that God calls us, nor do all of our callings look the same. I love the line in today's gospel reading, I will make you fishers of people. I love it because in this odd and quirky sentence, it's the acknowledgement that the whole of the disciples' lives are part of their calling. Their call doesn't just include that moment of Jesus standing on the shore, inviting them to discipleship. Their call includes the years spent on the water, the experiences of joy and struggle, abundance and want, freedom and oppression. It includes all of their fears and their hopes, their gifts and their needs. They're not called to simply leave their old life behind but to experience how Jesus is calling their whole, of, their whole life into a new ministry. When I reflect on our gospel reading today, it reminds me that my call story isn't just set, isn't just that set of very holy and powerful moments that came when I was 16 years old and I felt a call to return to the church and become a minister. My calling includes my whole life, the childhood experiences as a preacher's kid, the holy moments of helping in worship as a preteen, and yes, even the difficult and traumatic experiences when I left the church. All of this has shaped who I am and how I live out my calling. Christ takes all that we are and all that we have 
and all that we have experienced. And Christ blesses it and invites us to use all of this in our calling. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. For James and John, Simon and Andrew, their whole life is part of their calling. As Jesus speaks of God's presence among the crowds, they will remember the holy moments they shared on the water. As Jesus calls people to community, they will remember what it was like to learn from those who went before them, to teach others, and to work side by side and support one another. As Jesus calls people to seek justice, they will remember the pain of counting fish and doing the math and realizing there wasn't always enough to pay their debts and meet the unjust quotas and buy enough food. They will be fishers of people. All of their experiences will be part of the way they respond to Christ's call to take their place in God's ministry of healing and renewing all creation. Friends, we are called, each and every one of us. We are called to share in God's ministry in this world. We are called with our pain and brokenness, our gifts and our needs, our passions and our longings, our changing health and abilities and the life situations, our holy experiences and our traumatic moments, our whole unique and beautiful self is called. We are all called to take our place in bringing wholeness and blessing to this world. We are all called to share in community and to work for justice for all. We are all called to celebrate God's presence and proclaim the blessedness of creation. We are called. The question is, what does this calling look like when it is lived out in our life? For me, it is congregational ministry. What does it look like for you? The holy voice that echoed across the waters speaks to us once again. The dominion of God is being made known. Come and journey with me. Let us respond with our whole life, for we are all part of the amazing things that God is doing in this world. Amen, and thanks be to God. Friends, let us join together in our prayers for one another and for our world. Let us pray. Eternal God, you are the maker of us all, and we are your creation. People formed in your image as individuals, as community, formed and fed and furnished with understanding of who you are and of who and whose we are. We worship you today in recognition of your calling, of your communicating, of your caring to invite us to share in your creative and healing work. We are here because we have heard you speak in us and through others. Help us, dear Lord, to ever respond to you and your invitation to grace. Lord, hear our prayer. God of all our moments of our days and our nights, 
You speak and you act in the world around us, not only to call all people to you, but also to direct and guide us in the way of healing and wholeness. Awaken us, Lord, to hear what you would say to us. Help us to open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to your presence. Help us to know when it is your voice we are hearing and when it is our prejudices and desires to which we are paying heed. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray that your church may rise up with renewed commitment and answer to your call, that your people may be instruments of your grace and love. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for those who consider themselves inadequate and dismiss or avoid your calling in their lives. Give them a new vision, a vision in which you are their strength and their hope. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for those who in answering your call must leave the known for the unknown, the oasis for the desert, the comfortable for the uncertain. Grant them courage and steadfast faith. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray too today, O Lord, for those in want and need, for those of us and of the larger community who suffer in body or in soul. We remember before you those who are mourning the death of a loved one, those who are struggling with illness of body and mind, those who are hungering for food and for justice. We remember before you those who are suffering from COVID-19, those who are distributing and administering the vaccine, those who are struggling with staying at home. We remember before you all who are stressed and anxious, all who are afraid and lonely, all who are wondering how to make ends meet. Lord, we remember before you all of these who are heavy on our minds and who we name now in the silence of our hearts. Lord, hear our prayer. Loving God, bless us all with an abundant faith, a fruitful ministry, and a joyful life. Bless us and all those who gather together to continue the work of Jesus, who came to heal, save, and deliver us all, and who taught us how to pray as one family, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, as we end our worship today and begin our service in the world, may each one of us hear the call from God to be God's hands and feet in this time and in this place. 
with all of our unique abilities and gifts and resources. May we follow that call and continue to let one another know of the good news that we know through the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And as we go on our way, may we see the face of Christ in every person that we meet. And may every person that we meet see the face of Christ in each one of us. Let us go in love and peace and in joy. Thank you for joining us for Sunday Worship. As a church family, we share our time, our talents, and our wealth. Normally, we would be passing the collection plates and we would be together in our church. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your support. Checks can be mailed to Harriston United Church at P.O. Box 298, Harriston, Ontario, N0G1Z0. There is also a donate button on our website, www.harristonunited.com, for those who would like to donate online. Thank you so much for your continued support. Mm -hmm.